Now, let me tell you something. If you will do what I'm about to preach, okay, don't listen to how I deliver it because that is going to be a a flop, a fumble sometimes. So I'm going to fumble over myself. But if you will listen to the content of what God is trying to tell you tonight, young people, it will change your life. It will put you on a, a path that will shape you like, like none other. You will, you, it, it, will, it will change your life. Adults, if you will listen to what God is going to tell us tonight, you will quit wondering what God is doing. You will quit wondering, are we just going to have another Sunday, another Wednesday night service? I wonder why I'm still dealing with some of the problems I've been praying with for 10 years. I wonder why I'm still handling some of the issues that, that I've, I've, I've believed in God to heal and to touch, but they haven't yet been touched or healed. If you will put this in effect tonight, trust me, it will change your life and you will see the work of God and the hand of God on your situation like you've never seen it before. And if you believe me, say amen. If you would join with me at James 1. We're going to read from James 1, verse 22 to 25. That should be coming up on the screen. But be ye doers of the word, and not hearers only. Deceiving your own selves. Did you hear what the scripture said? Be ye doers of the word and not just hearers only. Deceiving your own selves. For if any be a hearer of the word and not a doer, he is like unto a man beholding his natural face in a glass. Or another translates a little more, a clearer translation would be a mirror. For he beholdeth himself... And goeth his way, and straightway forgetteth what manner of man he was. But whoso looketh into the perfect law of liberty, and continueth therein, he being not a forgetful hearer, but a doer of the work, this man shall be blessed in his deed. Lord, your word is already anointed. But I pray that you would anoint these lips of clay tonight, God, to deliver what I feel in my heart. Lord, help us to focus on your word tonight and to lay aside the weights that this so easily beset us, God. For I know that you've given this tonight for us to hear. You've already changed my life, God, in just preparing this sermon. God, I pray that you would open our ears and our hearts and our minds and that we would be a receptive frame of mind tonight. In the name of Jesus, all of this is because of you, Lord. We love you, Jesus, and we glorify your holy name. You may be seated. I guess I I usually, Brother Kenneth usually does a pretty good job titling my sermons, but I'm going to do it tonight. Mirror, Mirror on the Wall is the title of this sermon. But the trick is this ain't no fairy tale. This is real life. Y'all help me out, okay? Faith without works is dead. Being alone. Faith is not faith unless it produces a good work in a person's life. This is the emphasis of James. This is what he's trying to tell us. 
the brother of Christ, in the letter that he writes to us and to scattered believers. But this letter of James perfectly complements Paul's epistles. Paul writes in Ephesians 2 and verse 8 and 9, For by grace are you saved through faith. Now stay with me, okay? There's a whole lot of faith word ties. If you don't understand, raise your hand. I'll back up. But Paul says, For by grace are ye saved through faith, and that not of yourselves. It is the gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast. And then James writes, as we read, Faith without works is dead. James does not claim that good works in any way merits salvation. But he does state boldly that good works are a result of salvation. They are the fruit of faith. If faith is found in a person, then good works will also be evident in that person's life. It is on this that the instruction of the word of God we consider today is based. This is what our basis is. James 1 and 22, I'm going to read it again. But be ye doers of the word and not hearers only, deceiving your own selves. For if any be a hearer of the word and not a doer, he is like unto a man beholding his natural face in a mirror. For he beholdeth himself and goeth his way and straightway forgetteth what manner of man he was. But whoso looketh into the perfect law of liberty... And continueth therein, he being not a forgetful hearer, but a doer of the work, this man shall be blessed in his deed. When when a person has faith, then he will not only be a hearer of the word of God preached, but he will also be a doer of the word of God. The instruction given to us by James here is practically uh, it, it's, it's a practical in nature. It does not leave the reader with any doubts. There's no questions in here. James is very clear and to the point. If we all, if, if all we do is come to church on Sunday and Wednesday and hear the word and then leave without doing the word, we are fools and the truth is not in us. The, the admonition before us And these verses is that believers must be a hearer and a doer of the word. In order to understand the command, however, we need to first of all understand what James means by the word. It seems pretty clear. He uses the term word twice, both in verse 22 and verse 25. Now, it would be that it it would be. uh, It would not be at all necessary to explain because it's kind of obvious. If James did not further define the word in verse 25, we would simply say that the word refers to the scripture and we'd leave it at that. But James speaks of the word in verse 25 as the perfect law of liberty. It automatically requires our attention when he states that. Obviously, the word referred to here by James requires an understanding And the content of the word of God. When we hear the word, we hear the perfect law of liberty. Stay with me. 
Stay with me tonight. The law that James refers to is the moral law, which is the law of the Ten Commandments. Although the whole of the law is indeed the word that we hear, James emphasizes the second table of that law. The table dealing with how we are to behave ourselves toward our neighbor. Jesus summarizes that law in these words, Thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself. That summary includes the last six commands of the Ten Commandments. Honor your parents. No stealing. No adultery. No murder. No lying and no coveting. That is the law. And that is the word that we must hear and that we must do. We must abide by the Ten Commandments, especially as these have to do with the life in relation to our neighbor. But there is more to this law than merely a set of objective, uh, of objective commands. This law is the perfect law, and it's the law of liberty. These are the two ways James describes the laws of God. This word doesn't necessarily, he, he, he says in the first one, he says, these laws are perfect. The word doesn't necessarily mean or is referring to the laws that God made are flawless or without error, even though that is what they are. But it refers to the fact that these laws that God gives us are complete. They express for you and me the complete will of God for our lives. These laws are not useless and outdated for our modern times that we live in, for men and women, but these laws are vital and dynamic for the life of God's people this very day. They did not disappear at the coming of salvation in Christ. Christ did not come to destroy the law, but in Matthew it says he came to fulfill it. That is what the word perfect here is in our text. That's what the word perfect means in our text. God's law is perfect. That is, it is fulfilled or brought to its completion in the very work that Jesus did on the cross. Christ established the law. By means of his work on the cross, the laws of God have become inscribed on the fleshly tables of our hearts. We carry God's law within us. The Ten Commandments are not external codes to which we are forced to conform ourselves. But the, the law of God is become to the believer the very center of his existence. He loves the law. He, di he desires God's will. All this because Christ has fulfilled and perfected the law within us. It is the perfect, the whole, the complete law of God. And for that reason, too, it is the law of liberty. You see, when Christ conquered sin and Satan at the cross, he gained for you and me our liberty and our freedom. Christ set us free from the bondage of sin. When we were lost in sin, we hated the law of God and refused to walk in obedience to it. We were rebels. 
We had no ability in us to walk in God's precepts. It didn't exist to us. But through the power work of our salvation, we have been set free from the slavery of sin. This, this does not mean, however, that, that we're free to do whatever we want, that we're free to go out and, and do whatever we, we feel. It means that we are free to do the will of God again in our lives. The law is the law of liberty. It is the law of liberty in another sense as well. It guards our liberties. It protects our freedom. Our country has our country has been free and is still to a large extent free. But that freedom is protected by the laws of our land. Freedom is not without law. So we are called to hear and to do the perfect law of liberty. But let us not forget that this, is, this law of liberty is in fact the word that we hear. It's the word that comes across this pulpit. It is the word of God. And although the law of God may be a part of this world, it is not a, it, it's not at all of it. It's not a part of it. It's obvious from what we have already described, what we've already heard, that the word used here is in fact scripture. Scripture that indeed contains the law of God, but at the same time contains for us the word of the gospel. The law can never be viewed apart from the gospel. Hear me on that. It can never be viewed apart from the gospel. The law indeed leads us to a knowledge of our sin. When we look into the mirror of God's word, the first thing that we are able to see is that by the deeds, the law, by the deeds of the law, no man can be justified. We cannot be righteous before God based on our good works. In other words, that's not going to make us right before the Lord. The works of the law cannot merit anything. It can't earn you anything in the sight of God. On the contrary, the law reveals that we are guilty before God and stand in need of the righteous blood of Jesus Christ. That's what the scripture teaches us. And that too is the word that we must hear. But along with that word of the gospel, we also learn that through the work of Christ on the cross, we have been delivered from sin. When we acknowledge that Jesus is our Lord and Savior, and we repent of our sins, Jesus will fill us with the Holy, His Holy Spirit, which is what some refer to it as the Holy Ghost or the Holy Spirit. And we will know when this occurs because we will begin to speak with an unknown tongue and it will take over our lives. His Spirit will dwell in our hearts and that Spirit works in us faith. Faith binds us to Christ in order that the life of Christ flows into us. And by means of that life, we bring forth fruits of righteousness before God. As a result of the work of faith within us, we bring forth good works, such as the word that we are commanded to hear and to do. There's one more truth about the word spoken here in these, in, in these few verses. It is the word preached. 
Be ye doers of the word and not hearers only. It is the word that we are called to hear. The emphasis on our text is upon the doing of God's word. But in order to do God's word, what must happen first? We have to hear God's word. Neither does James neglect to remind us and his readers that we must be those who hear the word of God. We've got to hear the word of God. In other words, God's people must come under the preaching of the word. They must not merely sit in their homes and read the Bible for themselves and with their families, which has to happen. But they have to sit under the preaching of the word. They have to hear the word. It's by the foolishness of preaching that we are saved. But believers must come under the preaching of the gospel. All of God's children are required by God's word to sit under the preaching of, of the word, the anointed word of God. But the instruction of God to us in these verses goes beyond merely just hearing. It has to do with hearing and the doing of the word preached. In order for us to understand, an analogy comparison is drawn by James in his scripture. The word of God, the perfect law of liberty, is a mirror. It's a mirror that we look into. When a person comes to the church and hears the word of God proclaimed, when he hears the word of God preached, he is made to look into a mirror. He is made to see himself. He is made to see himself as God sees him. God's law does that. It exposes us for who we really are. Out of the law of God is the knowledge of our sin. That's what the word says. In other words, it's like looking in the mirror when we first get up out of the bed in the morning. Your hair's all messed up, probably greasy. Your breath is kicking like a pack of mules. You got sleepies all in your eye. Your teeth has a film on it. Now, don't be patting your wife and your husband because we all deal with this. You look into the mirror and you see this. You got the big old crusties in your eyes. We do not like, we, that's, that's a time when we really don't want anybody to call or come over. We don't need any surprise visits. We don't need any pictures taken. Well, that's what it's like to look into the perfect law of liberty. That's what it's like to look into the law of God. That is what it's like oftentimes when we hear God's words preached. When we sit under the preaching of anointed word, we realize that we are not so pretty. We realize our sin. We realize that by the nature we are prone to hate God and we're prone to hate our neighbor. By nature itself, the filth of sin yet cleaves to us. We need to be cleansed. We need to be beautified. That beauty only comes through the cross of Christ. He alone turns our guilt into righteousness he alone makes us who we who really were worthy of death makes us innocent in god's eyes further he makes us who are filthy in sin he makes us holy in the sight of the lord he cleanses us through his death 
on the cross and sends his spirit to live within us. It's a gift. That's what this is about. Now, there are two kinds of hearers of the word. There are two types of people who look into the mirror of God's law. One is a hearer who takes a look at himself in the mirror. And his evaluation is not the greatest, but it it could be worse. He comes in, he says, you know, that preacher's, yeah, you know, some of that could relate to me, but not really all of it. He begins to look into that mirror, and what he sees isn't really so bad. But after he walks away from the mirror, he begins to think on himself as one of the handsome men, and, and that everything is really okay, and he begins to walk back into the world. He deceives himself, James says. That's what the Word of God, he says, he deceives himself. He needs cleansing, but he hears the Word of God, hears the commandments, and walks away satisfied with who he is. Thus, he is a forgetful hearer of the Word of God. He's complacent. The other hearer of God's Word is one who looks into that perfect law of liberty, truly knows what he looks like, walks away continuing to remember what he looks like, and then applies the word of God in his life in this world. He hears the word preached and not only hears it, but is quick to apply it to his life into this world. So that he walks in that word. He talks in that word. He does the word and he does he, he, he does the word and he does not merely just hear it. He is a doer of the word. And that word continues all through the week, right there on the tip of his mind and the tip of his heart, saying, I've got to be a doer of this word. I've got to be somebody that's going to take what I've heard and apply it to life. Let me tell you guys, there's nothing. I I, I know most of us in here, and I've been in the same services where Brother Hughes, a pastor, has preached some astounding words of God. But when we leave here, and I've talked to some of us, or we really talk to one another in the midweek, and it's like, I just can't wait to get back to Sunday. I need another word. I need another word. I I, I need something else. I, I, I need another word of God. I need to feel that chances are high that you are a hearer of the word and not a doer of the word. Because when you become a doer of the word, it's going to settle in on you. And you're going to begin to apply it to your world. You're going to begin to apply it to your job and your friends. You're going to begin to apply it to your life. Not just looking for the next word. Not just looking for a quick pick-me-up. The point is, we must not only hear the word, but we have to. To do the word. That is the command we receive here. Be ye doers of the word and not hearers only. James brings this up because there are many who sit beneath the preaching and are forgetful hearers. And I'm preaching to myself, trust me. Forgetful in the sense they hear the preaching and, and many times agree with the preaching. They hear the preaching and they 
shout out an amen and they raise their hand in agreement. They do not carry it with them, though, in their lives. It never seems to direct them or change them in the ways that they need to be directed and changed. The word preached may address how we are called to love our neighbor. It may address the Ten Commandments. It may explain and and forbid rebellion, adultery, and greed, murder, lying, and, and cheating. The church may be filled with hearers, sometimes enthusiastic hearers. But though they hear, they straightway leave the church and forget about what they've heard when they enter this world. My job's really important. I, I'm sorry. I, 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 it was a good word. It's not applied to our lives. They do not glean from the preaching of the principles of God's words that ought to direct them in their dating life, in their, in their marriage their relationships with their employer or their employees or their relationships in the government. They do not apply it to finances or to work or to friendships or entertainment or the way we deal with others or their place in the church. They use their Bibles on Sunday, but it's the rest of the week it just collects dust on the shelf. They hear it and they forget it. They come to church willingly enough, but do it as a matter of custom or habit. It's just it's something I do. It's something I've got to do. The preaching is merely a matter of theology to them, but not a matter of practical life. This, this hearer is not merely lazy, a lazy hearer, but he is not listening in faith. The call of the gospel is to believe. When one hears the gospel with the ears of faith, then the result that will come from that is good works. It is hearing that perfect law of liberty and going out and using that law of liberty and God's precepts. It is living in connection with Christ, talking with him on a daily basis. One who does not hear in faith, James says, is just like that man who wakes up in the morning and looks into the mirror. He looks at himself and then walks away and forgets that his teeth are covered with a film. That is, that he's got bed head and that he's got big crusties and sleepers in the corners of his eyes. He becomes busy with his day, smiling at people with his dirty teeth and maintaining eye contact with people, with his sleepers and and the crusties in his eyes, and then walking away with matted hair, all the while deceiving himself into thinking that he is an impressive picture of cleanliness. Such hearers of God's word go out of the church forgetting to evaluate themselves spiritually. They forget what manner of man and woman they are. They forget that only they, when they reflect the virtues of Jesus Christ, the fruits of the spirits, only then are they truly beautiful. Only when they walk in God's commandments are they truly holy. But they forget that and they walk in the ways of sin. 
ignoring what they heard in the preaching and they think they are beautiful and they think they got it all together. Well, I felt the Holy Ghost, so it's okay. I felt the presence of the Lord, so it's okay. They deceive themselves. They deceive themselves into thinking that they got it all together and they don't apply the word. Well, you see, Brother Jay, God's really never talked to me about that, and I don't, I don't think that that's really a heaven or hell issue. I, I, I really don't think that that's something I need to be involved in. God hasn't called me to that. They think they just want to go out and live in their own little world. They want to take this portion of the Scripture, but they want to leave this portion aside. When you hear the word... You become accountable for the word. When you hear the word, it's more than just being something that you heard come across the pulpit. It's more than a it's more than a religion. It's the word of the Lord and it's the law of liberty. Jesus says, if you love me, keep my commandments keep my word do not just listen to them on Sunday but go out in the week that lies ahead and do them walk in faith you know let me tell you the Bible says don't tempt God but and, and, and I don't think it's tempting God but when you walk out say Jesus I'm going to do this in faith I want to see something I want, I want to see something and begin to witness to people and begin to talk to them and trust me. When you begin to plant that seed, you're going to think, man, I've exhausted myself and nothing's come of it. And then all of a sudden you're going to get a text. You're going to get a phone call. You're going to get a friendship request on Facebook. And you're going to be like, wow, you know who that, that's, that's that, that's that guy down at the, the tire shop I was talking to. When we become doers of the word and not just hearers of the word. I've got a lot more, but I'm going to stop right there. There's nothing more I can say. There, there's nothing more I can say. We have heard the word of God. I've been here seven years. I don't know, a little over seven years. I don't even know. We've heard more messages, more messages that, that just blow me away. Just unbelievable And we catch ourselves coming in and saying, man, what's Brother Hughes got for us today? What's, what's going to happen today? What, what, what secret little thing can he pull out of the word of God today? What can, what can get me to next Sunday? What can get me to next Wednesday? God was very clear when he talked to me today. You want to see your miracle? Begin to be a doer.
If you'll stand with me. You want to see your lost loved ones saved? Put your pride aside. I begin to be a doer. You want to see your work situation change? You want to see your work environment change? Begin to be a doer. You You want to see your community change? Really learn to love your neighbor. Really learn to not be so easily offended. That's hard to do. I've been working on that one for a couple of months now, specifically, and it's hard to do not to be offended. Guys, I appreciate y'all letting me be a part of this church. I appreciate y'all letting me come up here and lead service and do whatever I do. But I'm spent. I'm spent with just ordinary Sundays. I know I've said this before, but I, I'm tired. I, I, want, I want to see hurting people. I, I want to see lost and dying souls on this front with an opportunity to feel what I feel every Sunday, with an opportunity to come in here and feel our great big God just wrap his arms around them. That's what I want. And the only way that's going to happen is if I am not just satisfied with hearing the word of God. Let me tell you, Pastor Hughes cannot do it by himself. I can't do it by myself, Landon and all the leaders of this church. We can't do it by ourselves. We all have to become doers of the Word of God. Right there. Are you clapping because you agreed with me? Are you clapping because you're going to do this? Are you clapping because it was something good to hear? Are you clapping because I want to make a change tonight? I don't want to wait till Monday and I don't want to wait till Friday. But when I get home, half of us can do it right now on our cell phone. We we can click into that Facebook thing and say, you know what, Sally Lou, if you'll trust in the Lord, he'll see you through. I didn't mean for that to rhyme, but it sounded good. Come on. What's wrong with stepping out on faith? You know somebody that has a problem, Katrina? You tell them, put it in the Lord's hands, and he'll heal it. Oh, but what if he does it? Oh, Jay, hang on. You're getting kind of radical. You know what, guys? The word of God is radical. Let me tell you. If we will become doers of the word of God, not just hearers. You know what? You need to go into the archives of Pastor Hughes and you need to begin to write down notes. And you don't have to get everything. Just get the stuff that strikes your heart and begin to write it down and begin to apply that to your life. Begin to read the word. If your purpose and you know what the number one talked about subject in the Bible is? 
Any guesses? Early morning prayer. The number one talked about thing in the Bible is early morning prayer. You feel purpose in your heart to wake up every morning and say, Jesus, I'm going to be a doer of the word. But before I can do the word, I must talk to the word. And you, God, are the word, and I need to commune with you. And if you begin to wake up every morning, you know what? You need to do it before you have your cup of coffee. You need to do it before you go on your walk or your exercise. You need to do it before you eat breakfast. Jesus, you're the first and the last in my life. Let me tell you, let me tell you what will happen. Trust me, okay? If, if it doesn't happen, come to me. I'll give you your money back, whatever. You will begin to see changes in your life like you have never seen it before. You will begin to experience things in your life like you never. Hey, let me tell you, this thing is wrapping up. This thing is happening right now. We will see this happen. Russia, the bear of Russia is raising his head again. Israel's surrounded. Every prophecy has been fulfilled. But there's something about an anointed saint of God. When they purpose in their heart to keep the commandments of the Lord. And they purpose in their heart to not just hear the word, but to do the word. And when that anointed saint begins to honor the word of God and begins to speak it forth, the anointing, do you know what anointed means? That means the favor of God. When you have the favor of God and you begin to walk into a situation, immediately that situation begins to change. Immediately that situation begins to turn. Well, I don't understand what happened. I really can't put my finger on it. You know, uh, Joe told me that something was going to happen and, and then all of a sudden I, I felt like the presence of the Lord began to move in there and, and, and all of a sudden, you know, the doctor came in and he said, I, I don't even know why I'm in here. I'm not sick like I was last week, but I, I, I just can't explain it. That's when you pop your head up and you say, I can explain it. I can. Let me tell you what the Word of God says. The Word of God says be doers of the word. Simple message. I didn't finish it. I don't even think it was that good. But you know what? The whole thing is that God said, be doers of the word, not just hearers. Now, I'm not going to ask for an honesty response here, okay? I'm going to respond for me. How many have been hearers of some great word? Oh, I have. Now, you don't have to respond. That's up to you. How many have been doers of word? Well, it, it kind of depends. Depends on how I feel in the morning. It depends on what kind of day I have. Depends on this. Oh, man, Sally at work, she's about to kill me. That girl's on everything I do wrong. She's just pointing it out, highlighting it, announcing it, group messaging Because if Sally's messing with me, I'm probably not going to be a doer of the word that day. Probably going to kill her if I can get my hands on it. Let's not let life interfere. You want your situation to change? Now listen, hey, the good thing about this, if you don't want it to change, it won't change. 
If you don't want it to move, it won't move. God's a, he's a gentle God. If you want your situation, if you are complacent, I have no problems with that. Neither does God, neither does anybody else. You be complacent. That's fine. That's what God has called me to do, Jay. <clears throat> then you be complacent. But if you want to see a change in your life, and you really want to begin to see, you know, every one of us is a minister. Every, not, you know, we're not all up here preaching the word of God, but let me tell you something. Every one of us was called to a ministry. And if you ever find that ministry in your life and you begin to say, I know my purpose. And here is the word of God speaking into my life. Now, not only am I going to receive that word and hear that word, but I'm going to begin to do that word. You're going to see your life take on a whole new meaning. Why don't you come to the front tonight?